Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. The Master Key on this Monday evening. We pray that today was an awesome, great day for you today. Pray that you experience the Holy Spirit in a very intimate way. I pray that He have revealed the dimension of Christ that you have never seen before. I pray that you are submitted to the hand of the Lord today. And allow him to make, mold, shape you into the man and the woman of God that the Father has ordained, appointed, and anointed you to be. I was, um, right before the broadcast, kind of sitting and uh, meditating in the direction that the Lord wants to go tonight and share with you tonight. <laughs> and uh, my wife came and shared with me about, did I hear about the bombing um, the at the Boston Marathon. Don't know. I really hadn't heard anything on the news. I watch. Well, I haven't watched the television at all today. And I did have the uh, Christian radio on. I was going between appointments, and um, that was particularly this just happened not too long ago. <clears throat> I said no. I didn't hear anything about it. I want to talk about uh, something today, in even in light of that. The bombing. People, several people died, several people lost limbs from understanding. And then there was another bombing went off, um, another place you told me uh, uh, today. So two, two bombings went off. <clears throat> now, my question would be to all of us um, that is tuning in uh, to this broadcast, let me ask you, uh, the bombing was it an act of God? Most likely, you want to tell me no. Then was it an act of Satan? Most likely, you want to tell me yes. Okay, <clears throat> and I believe it was an act of the enemy. But why did it happen? Why wasn't it stopped? Why did nobody? get a revelation that was going to happen to the Christians. Let's look at some principles in the Word of the Lord and see what the Word of the Lord says to us concerning these kinds of things that takes place. Why are they taking place? Can they be stopped? What is our responsibility? I'm not talking about just a bombing, but anything that is contrary to heaven. I think we're satisfied with uh, good teaching, good preaching, but how does it fit? Tell me, how do the scripture fit? Jesus made a statement to his disciples when they asked him to teach them how to pray. He said, pray this on this wise, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thine will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just stop there. Your kingdom come to the earth, that the will of God would be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
then my question would be, if he told them to pray that, now, is the kingdom of God here? Absolute. Absolutely, it's here. He said that the will of God will be done on earth as is in heaven. Where is the kingdom? It's in the church, in us. For the will of God to be what? Done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, was there any Christians you think that was running that marathon? I believe it was. Do you believe there was any Christians, any Christians in Boston? Absolutely. So the kingdom of God is within the Christian, for the will of God will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, let me ask you this question here. Is there's any bombings in heaven? I believe you agree with me that there is no bombing in heaven. There is no chaos, no confusion. There is absolutely no sin there. There is no negativism there. The first time that it ever rose any kind of chaos or confusion, it was dealt with immediately, which was Lucifer who became Satan, which drew a third of the angels from heaven. So it was kicked out of heaven. Now, let's look at some principles in the word of the Lord, uh, the foundation and the fundamentals of this problem. And what is our responsibility uh, concerning this particular matter? Let's go to the book of Romans, chapter 5, if you will. My wife just texted me. It was the uh, JFK Library, the other bombing, the JFK Library. So the Boston Marathon and the JFK Library is where uh, the bombings took place. Now, Romans chapter 5, the majority of scriptures I'm going to use today is going to come from Romans chapter 5. Let's see, can we break this down? Now, before I read that, the scripture did also say that fear will come upon men in the last days for the things that will come upon the earth. Things that's going to come upon the earth is going to cause people to panic and people to be fearful. Do you think it's, uh, uh, America is on high alert? Yes. You know what's amazing things about uh, other countries? They stay on high alert. <laughs> but anyway, that's another story. Let's look at uh, the book of Romans chapter 5. And I'm going to uh, stay there uh, in the book of 5. Well, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm going to go from scripture to scripture. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for who? The ungodly. Well, who is the ungodly? Every man, woman, born, girl upon the face of the earth, because every man, woman, born, girl was born in sin and shaping in iniquity. So Jesus died for the ungodly. He died for who? The ungodly. Let's go down to verse 8 then. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here it is again. Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 8 says he died for us. Us who? Humanity. So Christ died for us. He died for the ungodly. He died for humanity. 
those people that uh, set those bombs off at the JFK Library and at the uh, Boston Marathon, did Jesus die for them? Absolutely. He died for every human being upon the face of the earth. I want you to stay with me today. Bear with me today because I'm going to show you something in the word of the Lord and share the heart of the mind of God concerning the church's responsibility. Let's go to verse 10. Verse 10 says, For if, excuse me, for if while, not while, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. When were we reconciled to God? When we were enemies. Now, who is he talking about? The ungodly, us. Ungodly, verse 6, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 8, and that while we were still sinners, ungodly, sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 10 says, for if when we were enemies, who were enemies? The ungodly, the sinners, is considered enemies. What make a person ungodly? What make a person a sinner? Sin. What makes us ungodly? Sin. What makes us a sinner? Sin. So Christ died for the ungodly, and what makes us ungodly is sin. So while we were still in our sins, while we were still sinners, verse 10 again, for if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God, for if when we were enemies, who was enemy? Every human being on the face of the earth. He says, we were, not going to be, were, past tense, reconciled to God through the death of his son. Through what? The death of his son, we have already been reconciled. Now, he said the ungodly. There was a bomb that went off. And people died. From understanding JFK Library people, a bomb went up there, but nobody died from understanding that at this particular time. People died. So did he die for these people? He said the ungodly. Well, if he died for them, how in the world could they do something like this? He died for them, but they're ignorant of the death of Christ. He said, the scripture says here in verse 10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. We were reconciled. You mean to tell me all human beings is reconciling to God? Yes. If they were, if everybody's reconciling to God, how in the world could sin continue to prevail? How could these people do these things? How could people still lie? How could people still murder? How could people still rape if all human beings has been reconciled unto God? I'm just telling you what the scripture says, but we're going to break it down in a few minutes. Either the word of God is right or is not right. It is true or is not true. It says, verse 10 again, for if when we were enemies, were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, brought back in harmony, brought back in favor with God. So that person that set the bombs off, were they reconciled back unto God? Absolutely. Absolutely. If they died today, would they go to hell? 
Absolutely. If they don't repent of their sin, then how could that be? You just said they were reconciled to God. Yes, they were. You said, well, then that don't make any sense. If they were reconciled to God, and if they died today, how could they go to hell? Easy. Even though they were reconciled unto God, they still have to accept the sacrifice that God used to reconcile them to God. Number one. Number two. If they don't know they've been reconciled unto God, how can they walk in reconciliation? Well, I'm going to read another scripture to you. I'm going to come back up. I want to stay in the floor of Romans chapter 5. But 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. This is not only for the people that have not accepted the sacrifice, but this is also for the church that has accepted the sacrifice. Because watch this right here, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 4 says, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Who do not believe, least the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on, uh, shine on them. Two things that play here. Satan blinds those that have been reconciled or have received the reconciliation or accepted the sacrifice that reconciles them, he blinds, that's us, the church, and he blinds the ones that has been redeemed and reconciled but have not accepted the sacrifice to experience the reconciliation. It's a dual thing here. The Bible said Jesus died for the ungodly. That's that's the, your parents, your grandparents, your brother, sister, nephew, niece, uncle, your spouse, your children that have not accepted the sacrifice for them to experience reconciliation. Jesus really did die for all of humanity. He really did. But all of humanity will not go to heaven if they do not receive and accept the sacrifice that God provided for humanity to experience salvation, to experience the deliverance, to experience freedom. Everything that God provided for humanity, God provided it for them through the death, the barrier, the resurrection, the ascension, and the enthronement of Christ. Let's go back up to verse 10, if you will. Notice what verse 10 says. For if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of his son much more. Having been, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. By his life. Having been reconciled, having, notice, having been reconciled, who? The ungodly, who? The sinner. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So in order for me, even though I'm reconciled, but I could never experience salvation unless I accept that sacrifice. Accepting that sacrifice, now I can experience the salvation of my God by the life of Christ. These are the fundamentals that all of us really got to understand. And this is going to really help us to learn how to do spiritual warfare. We wouldn't know how to battle. We wouldn't know how to war from our position in Christ, that position of reconciliation, 
that position of restoration, that position of salvation, that position. Let me, all these things I'm saying is, is, is really two things, and I want to get to it in a few minutes here. And we're going to get to it in a few minutes here. It's two things really at work here. It is righteousness and life. Notice what it says if, if, once again in verse 10. And we're going to go to verse 12 after verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Verse 12, therefore, just as though one man sin entered the world, therefore, just as through, excuse me, one man sin entered the world. How did sin enter the world? By one man. How did sin enter the world? By one man. One man became the instrument and the channel for sin to enter into the world. Notice what it says. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin. What happens? Death through sin. So what is the consequence of sin? Death. What is the ultimate of sin? Death. Death through sin. Are you getting this? And this, this, and thus death spread to all men. They spread to who? How many? All men. Because all sinned. Because what? All sinned. Now I want to break this down to us. I want to break it down to you. And, and it's, it's a beautiful thing once we begin to comprehend it and understand it. And I'm going to show you how Satan blinds the redeemed, that's every human being, and how he blinds the church. I'm going to show you how he does it. And all of us have experienced it. Me, every human being, every born-again believer, every apostle, prophet, evangelist, all of us have experienced this. Uh, we've been tricked. We've been manipulated. We've been deceived by Satan. All of us at one time. Look at this here. Because I want to deal with the ultimate, the crown jewel of this thing, that we can comprehend what the Lord is saying to us. Now, watch this here, if you will. How did sin come into the world? By one man. Who was that one man sin entered into the world? Adam. And it goes on to say, death spread to all men. Death came into existence as a result of sin. Sin and death is like Siamese twins. If there's sin, there's going to be death. If there's death, you trace death back to sin. They, they, they operate hand in hand. Uh, for the wages of sin is what? Death. Or the payment for sin is what? Death. Let's keep that in mind. You're going to be excited by the time we finish this uh, broadcast today. Show you who you really are and what God has done for you. So it says, <clears throat> death spread to all men because all sin, because all sin. That's interesting. All sin. How did all sin? We was born in it, shaping in iniquity. Can you see the master plan of Satan? I mean, it was a masterful plan, 
masterful. Think about it. Sin entered the world through one man. And that spread came upon every person. When did death come? Death came the moment sin came. What are you saying? Every human being, every man, woman, boy, and girl that has ever lived upon the face of this earth came from the loins of Adam. Came from the loins of who? Adam. So when Adam sinned, all of us sinned. But he said, preacher, that don't sound fair. I agree with you. Think about it. Here's an innocent child. We may have uh, someone that's joined us tonight uh, on this broadcast. You may be impregnated, or you may have a daughter that's impregnated, or you may have a, um, a daughter-in-law that is pregnant, or grandchild that is pregnant at this present time, or just had a baby. Does it seem fair for that little innocent fetus that's in the womb? Really, we think it's alive, but it's really dead. You say it's dead because it's born and shaping in iniquity. So it's coming into the earth to die. You say, but it's not dead. It's, la uh, it's crying. It's breathing. Let's get it this way. How many of you uh, ladies that is on the broadcast tonight, you love flowers. Whatever kind, roses, carnations, um, whatever. You love flowers. And someone bought you some flowers, your spouse, or you got some flowers on your job, and uh, it was beautiful. And you said, wow, these are beautiful. Oh, so you smell them. Say, oh, it smells so good. Don't you know what you're holding in your hand? You're holding death in your hand. What you just smelt? You just smelt death. You said, but it smelled great. How could it be death? Because the moment those flowers was clipped from its source, the flowers died instantly. Well, I tell you, well, if oh, I want to be practical, but I'm going to tell you something. Just like we were born in sin, shape, and iniquity, the flowers is too. But when Adam sinned, sin just not didn't come upon the human race. Sin came upon the creation as well. Think about it. the wages of sin is what death. Before Adam sinned, nobody died. Nobody could die. The animals could could not die. The fish in the sea could not die. The birds in the air could not die. Nothing could die because there was no death. There was no sin. Since there was no sin, couldn't have been any death. So, want to be technical? Really, everything died. The flowers, the grass, the animals now is subject to death because they're subject to sin. And they're subject to sin because who God placed over them sin. And sin didn't just pass down to all men. Sin passed down to the creation itself, who God put uh, Adam in charge over. He put Adam in charge of the fish of the sea, follow the air, and over every creeping thing that creeped upon the face of the earth and all of the earth. Sin entered into not just the world towards humanity, but the earth itself, the atmosphere, everything. Sin enter in, and death by sin. Are you, are you getting this? 
Now, think about it. One man. Now, think about it. Your innocent little baby didn't do a thing, but automatically is considered a sinner. The moment you conceive that child, you conceive that child in sin. You said, but I wasn't in sin. I, you know, me and my husband was married. Yeah, but you and your husband have a sin nature. And because of Adam, sin passed on every man. Now, that's what makes it not fair. One man, but everybody suffered the consequences. One man sin, everybody suffers the consequences. But God had a plan too. It was a masterful plan to me by by Satan. If I could just get Adam, man, I got the whole human race. Do you see why the devil wants men as well? He wants husbands and wants fathers. If we look at the population in America, the majority of the women that have children today, they have children that whose father is absent from the relationship. And the, the, the statistics is staggering. Do you all think that's a coincidence? It's not a coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. The same plot against Adam and back in the Garden of Eden is still at work today, not only in America, but every nation of the world. We just have a high rate here in America of absentee fathers, fathers that refuse to be responsible, fathers that refuse to lay their life down for the advancement of their family. It's a masterful plan. But it's not over. So we said the scripture says, then all people have sinned, desperate to all men. Desperate to all men because all men is born in sin. And the result of sin is death. So desperate to all men. Let's go to verse 15. Romans chapter 5 and verse 15. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's sin, uh, one man offense, many die. By one man offense, Many died. Who was the one man? Adam. What was the offense? He sinned against God. He disobeyed God. The scripture said many died. When did they die? When Adam died. When did Adam die? When he sinned. But you say he was still alive. Well, let's go back to the flower. The flower, once they are cutting, cut or pulled from its source, what's the source of the flower, uh, the flower. It's the earth. As long as the flower is uh, rooted in the earth, it stays alive. Unless you know, when seasons come, it change and die. It stays alive. But the moment you pull it up out from the earth, it dies. So when Adam sinned, he was disconnected as well. And that's how he died. He was disconnected from his source. Who was his source? God. So when he sinned, he disconnected himself from his source, just like the flower is disconnected from the earth. He died. Just like the flower, when you give it to your spouse, you give them the dead flowers, but they still look beautiful, smell good. But death has already begun. So even though 
Adam did not immediately perish, but he died the moment. Death just didn't manifest itself in the natural, but it, oh, he was already dead the moment he disobeyed God. He disconnected himself. So verse uh, 15 again says, But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, this is beautiful, ladies and gentlemen, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man. Here's this one man again. The one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. Now, you got to get this. The wisdom of God is dynamite. It's awesome. Now, notice, notice this, if you will. Satan said, listen, if I can get Adam to sin against God, to die to God, every human being that is in his loins would die right along with him. Even if they don't commit a sin, sin will be placed upon them because of their forefather Adam or their representative of the human race, Adam. What he do will fall upon every man. So we're born in sin and shaping iniquity. By one man, sin enter in. Then the scripture turns around and says, since there was a one man, sin came into the world. God said, then I'm going to become a one man. That righteousness will enter in. This is this beautiful. It says, uh, once again, verse 15 from the top, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more. Somebody said much more. Oh, you got to get this. Much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man. The gift by the grace of the one man. Jesus Christ abound to many. Mm, interesting. So are you telling me, preacher, am I, is it, are, are you clear? Are you saying that because Adam sinned, then everybody from God's perspective, and really did, sin came upon every man, and as a result of sin coming upon every man, death came upon every man? Uh-huh. So you mean to tell, tell me then, you're going to counter act that by Sending one man, you raise up one man in your image and your likeness, and because he missed it, death came upon all, all humanity. So what is this much more thing? What is this much more thing you're talking about here in verse 15? What is this gift by the grace of the one man? And you said it's going to bound to many? Well, we did read that. Sin passed on everybody, uh, many, many receive uh, sin or death as a result of sin. And now you're saying uh, this grace thing that is one man bringing is going to bound to many? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
But I'm going to show you how the church misses it and how we got to make adjustment of our thinking. Let's go to verse 17. Verse 17 says, For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one. Death reigned through who? The one man. Who is the one man? Adam. Death reigned through Adam. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. The gift of what? Righteousness will reign in life through the one. Will what? Reign in life through the one. Jesus Christ. Wait, hold it. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Shall reign. Shall reign through the one. Shall reign. Let me ask you a question. Are you born again? You're going to say, absolutely, preacher. Then if you were born again, then my next question would be to you. Are you the righteousness of God? Well, according to the word of God, I'm the righteousness of God. If I am the righteousness of God, and you are, and um, are you reigning? Are you reigning in this realm? Are you reigning over sickness and disease and poverty? He says, you're reigning. Let me look up the word reign here. And I'll, basically, we already know what it, what it means, but let's, let's, let's look here and see. Um, let me see, can I find the word rain here? Yeah. Let's let let's let's see. R E I G N. Let's look it up. A period during which something or somebody is dominant or powerful. Whoa. Did it say that? This is the uh, I think this is the Webster's here. A period during which something of somebody is dominant or powerful. Let's just leave that 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 uh, definition there. There, just that one definition. Let's look. Notice what it says. Let's let's look at it this way. It says, uh, uh, "Where am I? For if by the one man's offense death reigned, death was dominant. Death was powerful." Nobody has ever been able to conquer sin. No one has ever been able to conquer death. Everybody that was raised from the dead died again. Jesus was not the first person that was risen from the dead. Elijah raised the dead. Elisha raised the dead. But the people that were raised from the dead died again, revealing that death was dominant. <clears throat> Excuse me. Death was powerful. Notice it says, <clears throat> verse 17, that death reigned through the one man. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And what? The gift of righteousness. What? The gift of righteousness would do what? Will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Will reign. Are you reigning? He said, we'll reign through the life. We'll reign through the life of one man. But what is the key? The gift of righteousness. What is the key? The gift of righteousness. 
Righteousness was a gift. When you came into the world, you was a gift. You received a gift too, an unwanted gift, the gift of sin and death as a result of our forefather Adam. Oh, we got to get this. We got to get this. Pray to God, give grace to me with the time to to really con- con- uh, conclude this today, because we got to get it. It says, "We receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness will reign in life through Jesus, uh, through the one Jesus Christ." I'm gonna continue to read here, but a scripture came in my mind while I was kind of meditating on this. A scripture that everybody quotes: Isaiah. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. How many of us quote that scripture but do not understand why the weapon cannot prosper against you? You ever thought, wonder why? Scripture always interpreted itself. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I shall condemn. For this is what? The heritage of the servants of the Lord. And what? And my righteousness. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Let me see, can I get that scripture? Sometimes I have a tendency of uh, chopping scriptures up from time to time. Sometimes I quote them verbatim. And, uh, And I used to really, really... Um, uh, had a great uh, ability, and God is bringing me back to that again uh, of uh, quoting scripture. Isaiah 54 17. Let's look at it. This is a New King James Version. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, and their righteousness is from me, and their righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. So what's the key here to have a victory? What's the key to you in our reigning? What's the key to you in our dominating? What's the key to you in I exercising dominion? Over this realm, righteousness. He says here, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Are you are you understanding what the Lord is saying to us? When the enemy begin to rise up and challenge you, you tell him, you have no right because I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. Do you understand what that means? Ladies and gentlemen, what gives Satan a legal right to your life? What gives Satan a legal right to my life? What gives him a legal right? Sin. But he don't have a legal right because of sin. You say, how could that be? Because Jesus conquered sin. Jesus defeated sin. So the moment you ask God to forgive you, First John 1 9, he's what? Faithful. And just to forgive you and what? To cleanse you from what? 
Oh, unrighteousness. Oh, what? Unrighteousness. So if you've been cleansed from all unrighteousness, then you're in the back in a position of what? Righteousness. If you're in a position of righteousness, that means sin cannot prevail, death cannot prevail, and everything is a result of sin. What is the result of sin? Sickness. What is the result of sin? Death. What's the result of sin? Poverty. What's the result of sin? Chaos. What's the result of sin? Murder. What's the result of sin? Bombings. What's the result of sin? All of these things is a result of sin. Did Jesus conquer sin? Either he did or he didn't. Either he did or he didn't. Did he? Absolutely. Absolutely. You, 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 are you serious, preacher? Jesus really did conquer sin? Absolutely. Wow. Well, there's any scripture to back that up? Romans 6, verse 9, and verse 10. Let's read it. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Raised from what? The dead. Dies what? No more. Was Lazarus raised from the dead? Yes. Did he die again? Yes. How did Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead and Lazarus died again? Because Jesus raised him from the dead because Jesus had authority and power over death and sin. He raised him, but he died again. But when Jesus rose, he died no more. I'm going somewhere. I need you to stick with me. Death no longer has dominion over him. Why don't death have dominion over Jesus? Because sin don't have dominion over Jesus. But why don't sin have dominion over Jesus? Because he defeated sin. So since he defeated sin, he defeated death. Y'all got to get this. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer have dominion over him. Verse 10. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. He died to sin what? Once for all. He died to sin what? Once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. What are you saying, preacher? Well, if you really believe the word of the Lord, Romans 6 tells us that we really are identified with him. The scripture clearly says that we die. When the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, according from, from God's perspective and God's mindset, you died with him. You was buried with him. You rose with him. You have ascended with him. Now you sit together with Christ in heavenly places. You're enthroned with him. Now, let's go back up to Romans and look at some things here. I didn't finish Romans 5. I just read 17, but let's go to 18. You are the righteousness of God. That's what the scripture tells us in Corinthians, that you and I are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The only way that you and I can be the righteousness of God is because the sin of Adam has been defeated. You cannot be the righteousness of God and be the sin of Satan. 
at the same time. I'm going to say it again. You cannot be the righteousness of God and the sin of Satan at the same time. Either you are the righteousness of God, and really tell you the truth, you can't even be the sin of Satan. I'm going to tell you why. Because Jesus really did defeat sin. We just read that. By him defeating sin, he had to defeat Satan. Satan is the author and the father of sin. He defeated Satan, he defeated sin, and he defeated the result of sin, which is death. To defeat Satan is to defeat sin. To defeat sin is to defeat death. And the scripture clearly tells us, according to the word of the Lord, verse 10 in Romans 6, 10, for the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life that he liveth, he, he lives to God. So he, 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 he cannot die for sin. He already conquered sin, every sin of the world. You say, well, I, I, I still hear you, but I'm still not comprehending or grasping. Do I need to slow down some? Because I started this, uh, this conversation off about the bombings in, in, uh, in, in Boston and the JFK library. If Jesus died for sin, if he conquered sin, and he conquered death, how are these things taking place? Ladies and gentlemen, sin really has been conquered. Death has been conquered. But if the God of this world has blinded me to it, I will still be up under its influence. I will still be dominated by sin. I will still be dominated by death. I still would die a premature death. Think about it. The only way Satan can take you and I out is through ignorance. My people is destroyed for lack of knowledge. The only way that I can live in poverty and you can live in poverty is because of the lies of Satan. I believe what he says and I believe what I see. And I don't believe in the sacrifice that was offered for me to free me from sin and to free me from death and to free me from sickness, to free me from diseases, to free me from poverty, to free me from light. And that's why he says in Romans chapter 6, sin shall not have dominion over you. He says, shall not. I say, let not. Let not sin have dominion over you. Why does he say that? Because I already defeated sin. I already conquered sin. So sin don't have to dominate you. Sin don't have to dominate me. Jesus conquered sin. But how do you deal with it? Let me finish reading it. I'm going to tell you how to deal with it. I hope somebody remind me how to deal with it. Me and my wife would text me how to deal with it, how to deal with sin, and then I'd come back to it. Let's go to verse 18 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. No, 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 no. I think I'm in the wrong verse. It's 18. Oh, I'm Romans, 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 Romans 5. Romans 5, 18. I just finished reading 17. Romans 5.18, therefore, as though one man's offense, judgment came to all men. One man's offense, judgment came to all men. Judgment came upon every human being. What was the judgment? Death. Death came upon every man. Resulting in condemnation. Resulting in what? Condemnation. Even so, through the one man's righteousness, uh, me. Even so, through the one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all. What? No. What, oh, what, no. 
It came to all men. Can you see the wisdom of God? Satan thought he had that trick God. Satan thought he had that smart God. Death came upon all men. And God said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to become man. I'm going to die. And I'm going to conquer sin. And I'm going to conquer death. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to give men my righteousness. Just like Satan gave men his sin and his death, God says, I'm going to give men. Satan gave men sin and death through Adam. I'm going to give men righteousness and life through Jesus. Jesus is going to come. My word is going to become flesh. My word is going to die. My word, my word is going to conquer sin. My word is going to conquer death. And now what I'm going to do, I'm going to take my righteousness and I'm going to put righteousness upon every man, just like Satan put sin and death upon every man. I'm going to put righteousness and life upon every man. You mean to tell me, preacher, that righteousness and life is upon every human being upon the face of the earth? Yes. But why in the world is sin and death is constantly dominating? Because they have not accepted the gift. What's the gift? Christ. So if they accept Christ as a gift, you mean to tell me they accept righteousness and life? Yes. And if they accept righteousness in life, you mean to tell me a sin uh, 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 don't have to dominate us? No. You mean to tell me I don't have to die premature death? No. You mean to tell me that I can live until God tells me it's time for me to go? Yes. You mean to tell me then people that is born again that dies 20-some years old, 30-some years old, you mean to tell me that was an illegal death? I believe with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. According to what we read in here. Some of you all may know uh, Bishop Isaiah Williams. Uh, I really admire Bishop Isaiah Williams. He was a, a tremendous uh, a man of God, uh, pastored uh, Jesus People Ministry. We knew them when they were very small and they just exploded overnight. His wife is doing a wonderful job taking his place. And... Uh, I went to his home-going service in Cleflo Dollar, uh, which they uh, submitted themselves up under Cleflo Dollar. Cleflo Dollar was doing the home-going, uh, the eulogy. Cleflo Dollar made a statement. And lastly, that's what I love about men like Cleflo Dollar and Kenneth uh, Copeland and, and Fred Price and um, those men of word of faith. They believe that word. Not preaching it, teaching it. They live this stuff. That's what I admire about them. And all of them has gone through hell. He made a statement at Bishop Isaiah Williams' homegrown servant. He said, because everybody got up there, and all the other preachers got to say some wonderful things. Ivy Hilliard was there. Casey Treat was there. Uh, all of them said some awesome things. When he got up there, he said, listen, let me tell you all something. Satan stole this man's life. He wouldn't sugarcoat nothing. He said, Satan stole his life, ladies and gentlemen. It was not God's will for this man to die like this. Satan stole his life. Well, why would Cleflo Dollar make a statement like that? Satan stole his life. Because he died too young. And death had no right to him. Death has no right to you. Jesus died to sin once. Why, Jesus? When Jesus conquered sin, he conquered death. Are, are you getting this? But we accept the lies. We accept the lies of the devil. 
And think about it, ladies and gentlemen. When sin came into the world, before sin came into the world, rather, was there any sickness in the world? No. Was there any death in the world? No. Was there any poverty in the world? No. There was not. There was no no sin, no death in this world. Nothing died. Death came as a result of sin. Then everything else started decaying. Poverty is a result of sin. Chaos and confusion is a result of sin. Cain killed this brother as a result of sin. Jesus has sin lions at the door, and it desire you. But you shall resist it. He didn't resist it. He yielded to it and he killed his brother. Are you, are you getting this? Jesus came and brought righteousness, and he made you and I righteous. And here's the trick. My time is almost up. I'm not going to be able to finish this right here. Maybe I can finish it tomorrow. Uh, I think I'm going to do that Romans 5.18. Somebody remind me to start on Romans 5.18 tomorrow because we got to get this. Now, 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 this is, this, this is the thing. I, I shared a scripture earlier, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world come to blind the minds of them that believe not. The God of this world, the God of this world. The God of this world is who? Satan. Did Jesus conquer Satan? Did Jesus defeat Satan? According to the word of God, he did. According to the word of God, he did. So where's that scripture? Hebrews 2. I think it's 14, if I'm not mistaken. Jesus partook of flesh and blood that they might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil himself. That is the devil himself. Colossians 2, 14 says, And Jesus disarmed principalities and powers and made assured them, opening triumphing over them in it. First John tells us, part B, for this purpose the Son of God made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. All Satan's works come through sin. Jesus conquered sin, so that means Satan have no right to you because he conquered sin. He have no right to this world because he conquered sin. He have no right to the wind. He have no right to the, the ocean. He have no right to the sun, the moon. All of God's creation, he had no right to it because he conquered sin. He really did defeat sin. And by him defeating sin, he defeated and conquered death as well. He defeated and conquered death. He said, well, why people die? Because of ignorance. My people destroy for lack of knowledge. We don't want to fight. And when we fight, we fight with our own motive. We don't fight for him. We fight for ourselves. You don't belong to you. You can't fight for you. You fight for him. You fight for his spirit, his soul, his body that he purchased on Calvary's cross. When you fight from that perspective, then the Holy Spirit will manifest the victory even in a greater dimension because you understand. You have an obligation to fight for that which belongs to him. And you're fighting. It's not a fight to defeat Satan. You're fighting. My fight is not a fight to defeat sin. Your fight and my fight is not a fight to defeat death. Jesus did that. Then what is our fight? Our fight is a fight of faith. Our fight is a fight to establish righteousness that we have received. Establish the life of Christ that we have received. To establish the victory that Jesus won. To establish the conquering authority and power that Jesus won over Satan, to establish, to overcome the authority and power of Jesus that he won over Satan. It's a fight of establishing. 
speaking to the challenge in your body and say, you have no right. The only right that you have to this body is sin. Sin has been conquered. He said, I hear what you're saying. You can you give me another scripture? Well, Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 3. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And here's the manipulation. The God of the word has blinded the minds of them that believe, believe not. How do he manipulate us? How many of you have struggled like me trying to overcome something? Uh, you know, if it's nothing but an eating habit, it's nothing but a sleeping habit, you indulging, gluttony is a sin, uh, uh, being lazy is a sin. All these things are sin that has already been defeated, has already been conquered. But you know what you try to do? You try to overcome gluttony. You try to overcome laziness by trying to do something in your own strength. And that's where you get manipulated and tricked at. All of us. I've been there. I've gone on a three-day fast, four-day fast. I don't went on 12-day fast. I don't went on 40-day fast. Uh, fasting, fasting, fasting. Fasting to try to overcome, to try to overcome, to try to overcome. And Satan laughs at us because he knows you don't believe. Because when you fast to overcome, it's a revelation that you have not overcame. So he manipulates us. So how, how do we experience victory then? You don't fast to do anything. Because you get glory when you do something. That's why you are not saved in your own strength. You're saved by faith and grace. You're saved by faith, and then grace comes. Faith in Christ Jesus, what he accomplished on Calvary's cross, what Jesus accomplished in his resurrection, what Jesus accomplished in his ascension and enthronement, is by faith in him, then grace comes, and I experience the grace of God. It's not you doing anything. It's who you receive. It's receiving Christ as then you experience the grace. You, experience, you, 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 you receive Christ as vic, your victor over your eating habit. You receive Christ as your victor over laziness. You receive Christ. It's faith in Christ. We've already conquered all these things. It's not you. It's not me. Faith in God. Just like Adam. You didn't have to do anything to become a sinner. He was born in sin. You have to do anything to become righteous. You accept righteousness. You accept him. You embrace him as your righteousness, and you will begin to experience God or Christ as your righteousness. You don't do anything uh, uh, to, to, to uh, receive the manifestation of your healing. You receive Christ as your divine health. Christ is my health. So you speak to your body and say, sin, sin don't live here. Righteousness live here. So therefore, sickness can't live here. Disease cannot live in this body. This body has been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. So therefore, you have no right. Righteousness prevails, and the life of Christ is prevailing in me now. So I command right now this pain to go now in Jesus' name. I command that which has been distorted in my body. I command you to make the adjustments right now, and I command you to be made whole now in Jesus' name because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I begin to speak of your children. You're going to speak with your spouse. You know, the problem is, you already told your husband he's a dirty Lord, I'm sinner. You already told your children you ain't going to never amount to anything, whatever the case may be. No, you begin to speak and say, sin have no right over you. You don't have to speak to him, pray that. Get the Holy Spirit something to work with. You begin to say, 
even you cannot have my husband, you cannot have my wife, you cannot have my children, because Jesus has conquered sin. So therefore I speak to sin, and tell sin the loosest grip in his hold, you have no right. I speak to the spirit of death, son, loose your grip in your hold, you have no right. I speak it, decree and declare it to be so. I decree and declare my husband, my wife, my children is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And what do Isaiah 54, 17 say? No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. Their righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. That means the weapon can be, can be formed against a righteous man and a righteous woman. You ain't righteous. I'm not righteous because we good. You and I are righteous because we have received righteousness. And righteousness is a person. And so, therefore, no weapon formed against me, no weapon formed against my spouse, no weapon formed against my children, no weapon formed against my finances, no weapon formed against my home, no weapon formed against my congregation, no weapon formed against my community, no weapon formed against the United States. Are you getting this? I really want to get into some clarity about the, 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 the bombing today because I believe if all of us is on our post and really knew how to cover, how to cover every event Begin an assignment from the Holy Spirit, we can speak and bring every man, woman, boy, and girl in that region subject. Subject to the righteousness of God. And I release the angels and the Holy Spirit to begin to move and to disrupt any kind of destruction because destruction comes as a result of sin. And Jesus already conquered sin. And, we, and the Holy Spirit will begin to work on those people. The angels will begin to work on those people and bring them to the end of themselves that they will know that there's, there's a God and, it's, and he's Father. And there's a Lord, and that's Jesus. And there's a Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will bring conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Ladies and gentlemen, I know my time bent up. Well, just one minute up. Meditate on this. Just meditate on, on what the Lord said to us. We 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 are at the brink of something. He is something is something about this resurrection, this reconciliation thing. There's something about Jesus conquering sin, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't conquer sin just to conquer it. It's been conquered in you. You just got to embrace the sacrifice. We love and thank God for you. Keep us lifted up in prayer. Pray for the broadcast. Invite your family and friends. We're getting ready for our last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, prayer line uh, uh, this month. Uh, we're looking for God to continue to increase us, uh, get more people praying, warning, and battling. Now, if you take this with you to the prayer line on the last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, can you imagine what our prayers would be like? We'll be praying from a position of righteousness and life because we understand it now. We'll no longer have to be in bondage to oppression, depression, every lie of the enemy. Lies is a result of sin. Bondage is a result of sin. Oppression is a result of sin. Depression is a result of sin. Fear is a result of sin. All of these are consequences of sin. But Jesus has given sin a death blow, a death blow. So you cannot operate with me. You have no legal right. There's no foundation for you. Let me stop because I'll continue on. This has been your host, Dr. Jimmy, because the master key. Let the rest of you eat and be blessed. Love and appreciate you. Go forth, righteous men and women of God. Go forth, men and women of life. And life more abundantly. That's who you are. Tell sin no more. Tell death you have no, no shots with me. Now begin to speak and release 
the consequences of righteousness and the consequences of the life of Christ. That's love. That's peace. That's joy. That's divine health. That's prosperity. That's the blessings of God. That's dominion. That's authority. You are to reign. You now are to reign. Reign in this life as kings. Reign in this life. Then reign, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. We love and appreciate you. Thank you.